Listening to the newest episode of Sage Against the Machine. My name's Joshua. Yeah, uh, my buddy Isaac. <laughs> Isaac. We have a guest today, Isaac. Yes, we do. First time. Yep. Introducing Marina. All right, Marina. What brings you here today? <laughs> well, I think that we're going to be discussing the land claims. Land claims. All right. I mean, go ahead. We we do. We we had a little bit of a plan this time. You all listening understand that we don't usually come in with any prep, but I have been palling around with Marina and her friends, and for months we've been talking about doing a land claim show. Well, after speaking with these this group of women, I asked Josh about finally pulling the trigger on the land claims, and Marina offered to update us on some information that we may not be entirely certain on, and... Instead of going through that torturous process, Josh said, why don't we just do the easy thing and ask Marina to be on the show? So we did that. That's, and that's you all know I need Josh to think for me. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I'm, I loved our debate when we ran for basically is, I agree with him. I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> that, no that, was, that was pretty much how it went. <laughs> I don't think either of us were expecting it to be that that much in sync, but. Unfortunately, I counted on the youth and the traditional people. They did not surprise me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll bet that out of the 138 people who voted for me, I'd say probably 80% of them were elders. Yeah. I would wow. guess. Yeah. Are they the ones listening to this podcast too? Uh, I don't know. You know what? Have you run demographics ask... on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> not this one i've run demographics where we share the channel with the aboriginal outlaws okay, yeah because you know i'm sneaky yeah and that's a way to double our our markets nice so uh but our, our average listener is like not older than 50 so. yeah i would think that the <clears throat> listeners of this show are younger yeah we do have a few we do have a few i run into them it's very strange to run into people on the you know the road oh i listen to you <laughs> Okay. High five. <laughs> when Marina told me that, I even I messaged Sam. I was like, Marina, she listened to the show. Yeah. I'm yeah. always I'm always in shock when that happens. Yeah, I binge listened to the show driving down to Ithaca. Oh really? Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> I, it got me through the yeah. four hour drive. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. What's that like? Listen. <laughs> as long as we don't scar people, right? <laughs> Almost. Right. It well, kept me on edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we get started. Land claims. Uh, I, you know, I'm a traditional person. I've been involved with land claim. Those meetings for the last 25 years, I've gone to them. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of them. I live on the land claim. This, you are, this, this podcast is coming to you from the land claim area on the so-called American side. I, I, lo <laughs> I love our fucking euphemisms. The Southern side of the river. <laughs> We're so full of shit. Southern side of the reserve. Yeah. I know. We're so full of shit. <laughs> yeah. We are the indigenous people of this area. <laughs> yes. So what did we learn? So what are we not? We've heard what the tribe puts out there. Mm -hmm. I have not seen the original, the, the text of the actual agreement. Yeah. What I've seen is the FAQ that the tribe puts out mm -hmm. and what they say. And often... They're a little squirrely with their words. Just a little. No way. Politicians, it's funny how it all they're all fucking squirrely with their words. Mm -hmm. 
I guess if you got a straight shooter, they just wouldn't work in a situation yeah. like that. That's why there's no straight shooters in the tribal government. Uh, any government, really. Well, the FAQ, interestingly enough, has like a lot of good information, mm-hmm. but it takes a critical eye in order to be like, wait a minute, why is the Mohawk Nation a successor to the 1796 treaty? Right. And so it's it's a lot of like deconstructing the information right. that they put out. Because we said so one time in 1972. <laughs> yep. It's not at all arbitrary. At all. <laughs> well, we were, I was, you touched on something that I thought would be an interesting, you know, th- this is part of what you and I talked about and you and I as well. Mm-hmm was that idea like you said we are the indigenous people here and we are i think that a part of what is going on with the land claims right now is to understand you know it's it's fine like we we all acknowledge that you know we are aquasasne is are the indigenous people of this area right well we're we seem to be coming up on heads butting over what the, you know what the identify what the identification is of what are those indigenous people are you mohawk are you seven nations mm-hmm. you know like are you iroquois like all of those things keep being brought you know to the forefront now i am interested to hear what you think of that marina mm-hmm. like you know how does our how does our vast and varied history kind of help identify who we are as indigenous people, like who we are. Yeah. So I think it's, um, I'll just preface by saying that the whole reason why I got interested or involved in the land claims, as well as a whole bunch of other people um, that have been researching this out of their own time, own funds, etc., is because we care very deeply about the land and the interactions that we have with the land here, the decisions that are being made about the land especially when it pertains to what we call the traditional government or the longhouse decisions. Uh And as we, as it stands right now, this is um, a supposed tribe council decision. So it's uh, a unified claim with the tribe uh, MCA, as well as Mohawk nation council of chiefs, all claiming to represent the Mohawks collectively. Uh Um, And so what's interesting with the, utilization of the 1796 treaty is that it's explicitly a seven nations treaty and the seven nations um historically and there's just so much stuff to unpack right there but they were um christianized uh natives a large amount from mohawk territory that came up along the uh, saint lawrence river Mm -hmm. and decided to make settlements here um even though i want to preface by saying that there were already longhouse settlements here they Mm -hmm. were there were traditional settlements here and along the river Mm -hmm. um and so in stepping out of uh the longhouse and the the mohawk nation they decided to start their own coalition of a christianized forum of natives called the seven nations which their central fire was in present-day gunawage Mm -hmm. and so um we uh but at the same time seven nations always operated and existed um separately from what we call the six nations today the odonashoni confederacy Mm -hmm. and that is so explicitly clear in uh historical proceedings of say the commissioners of 1775 and the albany treaty there's just a lot of historical documentation yeah we have even walking treaties yeah between each other Mm -hmm. yeah that they were distinct groups yeah very distinct groups we almost conquered six nations one time yeah (laughs) 
my buddy Darren's got a really cool history about it. Yeah. Oh, I would love to <laughs> to sit down with people that yeah. identify and are strongly for the seven nations. Yeah. Um, but that is to say that what's interesting in present day is that we have uh, the Mohawk Nation Council of Chiefs, which is said to be affiliated with the Odinoshone Confederacy and mm-hmm. the Six Nations and uh, the central fire of the Mohawk Nation here. Mm-hmm. And um, they are claiming to be successors in interest. Um, so people that are adopting the um, 1796 treaty. Mm-hmm. And um, the first question that always arises is, well, what the heck is the Mohawk Nation <laughs> doing in a Seven Nations Treaty? What yeah. is the Six Nations doing in a Seven Nations Treaty? Right. Yeah. I do have an answer to that, but <laughs> what did you find out? Well, it's um, I always felt as if it was the lowest hanging fruit. So we had the uh, Mohawk Council of Aquasasne that started the land claims case in mm-hmm. 1982. Mm-hmm. And then the tribe, as well as the MNCC, Uh, Mohawk Nation decided to step in in 1989, Mm -hmm. but they had um, proposed settlements, um, settlement agreements, and they were uh, collaborating even before uh, they formally entered in 1989. They signed the first pre-internal agreement um, in, I believe, 1986, which said that we will all come together as a Mm tri-council and we'll we'll solve this and go after this land claims collectively. Um, And then over time, it's evolved into what we see as the shit show of the present day land claim settlement. So was this before the longhouse split at the time that there this was, was admits the longhouse split. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that must have played a role benefactor in the way that things ended up shaking out. Right. Had to have been. I, I believe so. And from what I've heard of folks that um, were there in the mid to late eighties Um, and present at that elders that I've talked to is they said that the land claims actually was brought to the once unified longhouse and that it was a big no, like we will not enter. We we do not want to enter. We might observe, but we will not um, participate as active subjects of the court. And um, this was told to me by about four, four elders that were a part of the once unified longhouse. And Mm -hmm. so, um, Amidst the split, I don't know what happened. Yeah, uh, but two busy shooting at each other over fucking casinos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's and that's one thing, we, and we've talked about that here is when it comes to like when, when it comes to that part, I wasn't here, so yeah, you know, Josh was. You know, I don't know if you were, but mm-hmm. I wasn't right during the thing. I was not born yet. No, no, you were not born yet. Ninety-eight. No, I was. Uh, I wasn't right during Ooh. the thing. <laughs> I know, right? I graduated in ninety-nine. I would have been class of 97. Jeez, you're old. I'm old. I'm the same age as her sister. Yeah. <laughs> but, that, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, just I just kind of look at it like I w- I'm looking at that from the outside almost like the only way I can truly understand it is almost from an academic v- viewpoint, you know, yeah. just reading and talking to people and getting yeah. a historical perception in my head. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is what it is and it is what happened what happened. And yep. Uh, what we do now i mean we have this whole great law of peace thing maybe we should try using it <laughs> yeah well <laughs> as long as you have been proselytizing about that it still hasn't worked yet <laughs> hey no one's Me cut too. each other heads hey. off and ate them yet yeah that's true well, you don't know what i consensus. do when i'm alone <laughs> <laughs> just got a bucket of fingers on the fire yeah <laughs> that's for episode uh, the next one yeah that's for solving problems 
But yeah. So, because I was thinking about this. So, um, now I'm anti. I don't. I don't want the settlement. I want our land. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think when you talk about the land claims in the community, that's usually what you hear mm-hmm. is you you don't want a settlement. We want our land, mm-hmm. but. People don't participate, right? Yeah. Can't get people to meetings. We can't get people to organize. We can't, you know, do that. So the tribe implements these rules and procedures and all this kind of shit that permits them to go forth and do these things, right? Whatever, you know, it's it's to me, it's almost like unilaterally deciding that we're going to do this stuff with very little input from the community. Mm-hmm. Um, now... So I wonder, I'm of the mind that, and I, and I understand it does seem odd mm-hmm. that traditional people who, you know, and maybe you can give a little bit of that too of what happened, but in the 1880s when the Grand Council asked Akwazasne to be the Mohawk contingent of the Six Nations Confederacy, you know, I think that that history gets, that's where we start with the, you know, well, no, it's Seven Nations. No, it's Mohawk. I do find it interesting, though, that traditional people since, you know, way back, who have always identified with Guyana and accepted, you know, to be the the representative for the Mohawks in the Grand Council, mm-hmm. I think that it does seem a bit odd that they would sign on to a treaty that they didn't, you know, they weren't actually a signatory for, you know, they weren't. Yeah. But now, you know, so, but that treaty did still establish where we live, you know, it did. So what do you think, how how do we, you know, how do we fight? Because we all consider those seven nations lands from the treaty are lands because they are so how do we separate those you know and get past the arguing about you know who we are and you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. because it seems like we waste time and they want us to waste time Mm -hmm. and so what do we do to get away from that yeah i'd actually push back just a little and say, I don't think the 1796 treaty established where we are. We were very established in this region prior to the 1796 treaty. And um, I think that the people that signed uh, the 1796 treaty were, uh, in my personal opinion, um, fraudulent land grabbers. Um, They specifically saw an opportunity to um, get an audience with New York State and um, some US federal representatives and be able to uh, claim certain parcels of land that they could then personally uh, sell or cut off and then also cede the rest of New York state on behalf of the seven nations. But there was very much a village established here prior Mm -hmm. to Louis Cook, William Gray, et cetera. And um, on multiple accounts, the 1796 treaty is fraudulent. Um, It never passed. Uh, the Seven Nations Fire. Um, actually, a, a few of them were outcasts from Gunawage for mm-hmm. being troublemakers. And um, 
also they uh, attempted to do the same in Vermont and mm-hmm. Vermont shut them down saying that you have no ability to actually claim mm. this is seven nations territory. Um, and it, it also the treaty was never formally ratified in, in U.S. Congress. It was only proclaimed. So uh, what my question is, why are we why are we holding so much mm-hmm. in court over this quite uh, interesting yeah. and fraudulent uh treaty in my opinion and so um that's where i think that we can kind of circle back to is this is a really bad settlement like we're not getting much Uh Mm -hmm. and on top of that all three of these political parties that claim to represent mohawks are agreeing to the fraudulent secession of new york state land Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in by the mohawk nation who claims to represent the ganyakahaga the traditional longhouse people as it says in the court documents they are also agreeing that they have ceded Mm -hmm. New York state lands. Hmm. And that's where this um, unquestionably, um, I believe the court, if we ever wanted to go to anywhere of our 9 million plus acres in our homelands, uh, the court would turn around and throw this settlement back in our face and say, well, no, in, in 2024, 2023, the Mohawk Nation Council of Chiefs, a part of the Six Nations Confederacy, actually said that they're successors to the Seven Nations, so you have no mm-hmm. original claim or inherent right. claim to this land. Mm. And that's the biggest concern that I have. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we're, I think... You know, and, the, and, and, it, and it keeps happening. Like, this happens all the time. You know, we talk, when we get to, because I think you're right. If the settlement is signed, any claim to go forward on, you know, the valley, the mountains, all that stuff, New York is going to say, you have no claim. You mm-hmm. took this settlement. And now tribal council at the monthly meeting, um, a community member brought that up and josh and i have talked about this before the what appears to be intentionally confusing the people or blurring the lines of you know information that is being told to the community now at the monthly meeting the tribal council said that when a community member brought up the big claim Mm -hmm. which you know whether or not that would work i don't know I doubt it, but even if it wouldn't work that she brought that up, that we would not be able to do so if we signed this settlement. And tribal council immediately responded by saying, no, this doesn't, because ex- the extinguishment came up. And they were they were just adamant. There's no extinguishment clause in here. And I had been telling people for months I don't understand why they're saying we're not giving up land just because they're letting us buy land that can be put into trust, which is ridiculous anyway. But so I just asked them, well, what about if we ever want to bring back, what about these treaty lands? Are we prohibited from going after them once the settlement is signed? And they said, yes, that would be that would be over. There's no, there's no more chance to go after the treaty lands. And I was happy that I got them to finally be more clear on that. But I also think they're being dishonest when they say that, that signing that settlement would not hurt 
a future claim. Yeah. I believe that's entirely mm-hmm. dishonest. Yeah. You know, so I just I want to hear what you think about that. Yeah, so I in 2014 the settlement that was um supposed to be signed um did contain extinguishment language Mm. it said all of these mohawk plaintiffs can uh extinguish their claim um forever and it was very explicitly stated it was i remember that and so now in the present day uh 2023 draft that i did get an opportunity to see um and can provide copies as well it's just the um, I only have the memorandum of understanding for New York State and NIPA, New York okay. Power Authority. And that one, um, it doesn't utilize the word extinguishment explicitly. Okay. It says uh, we will, uh, the parties will dismiss with prejudice their mm-hmm. claim, and then they'll proceed to, uh, while it's in legislative order, that they will clear clouds on any title. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a very fancy way of saying extinguishment. Okay. It's lawyer speak. <laughs> it's very much lawyer speak. Um, so what that'll essentially do is the Mohawk parties will go before the judge. They say, we affirm the standing of the 1796 treaty. We agree to all the, the you know, the, the rules and regulations and, and material put forth in this settlement agreement, this comprehensive settlement agreement, um, and we will abide by it. And we promise that we will never bring a claim based off of this treaty um, ever again in court. Mm -hmm. That's what that dismissal pertains to. And then you proceed to read clearing clouds on any title. Now, that language is interesting because um, what's happening right now is because this land claims ever since it got put in, it made the the titles and the deeds on um, this land, uh-huh. the land that we're sitting on, yeah. very confusing yeah. and, and murky. And so they reference it as clouds because the title is not, um, it's not clean. Right. To, if you actually look at Franklin County, uh, St. Lawrence County, they actually have no original deed. If you look at the deed for this particular property, it says it sits on the St. Regis Mohawk Tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my father has threatened multiple times like to sue tax collectors for um what's the word sorry i'm turning dumb <laughs> extortion mm-hmm. oh because yeah, yeah. because here he has documentation that says this is not part of franklin county yeah and yet they are charging tax regardless so that's mm-hmm. extortion yeah. franklin county doesn't exist for other than like 144 acres under yeah. a saint regis river yeah <laughs> it's the only deed that technically exists that allocated saint regis indian land mm-hmm. to franklin county yeah, because there are deeds and that there are deeds for Franklin County that are filed up there that say St. Regis, you know, there's yeah. Mohawk that have Mohawk on them. It's mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's pretty clear when you look at that stuff that there's an acknowledgement of that this land was ours, is ours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if they don't can if, even if they don't act that way today, there at one time was an acknowledgement that this was, that this is our land. Mm-hmm. So we're saying that, um, so if that, if the 1796 treaty is fraudulent, you'd have to prove that. Mm-hmm. And then what? And then we <laughs> uh, go about our merry way. No. <laughs> so in 2022, there was a ruling by Judge Khan saying yep. that, you know, this this land is Indian country. Uh-huh. Um, and so anyone that has received any sort of foreclosures on any property that uh, are contained within this area, um, that's, those are wrongful forecl- foreclosures. Uh-huh. That's actually, um, you know, actually grounds to sue. Yeah. Um, but 
what's interesting is that we could have stopped there. We could have right. taken a break from settlement negotiations and said, this is a really favorable ruling. Mm -hmm. This is Indian country. Mm -hmm. And now we can go back to the community and figure out the best way to move forth and not screw over people in, you know, Franklin County yeah. and yeah. Uh, other, you know, negotiations for say, um, well, Barnhart was interesting because the Cheryl latches were applied to it. But mm -hmm. um, how do we go about this in a way that, is most comprehensive for everyone now that we have this favorable ruling. Mm -hmm. But instead, we proceed with, we, we witness um, elected councils and Mohawk Nation proceed to go about settlement agreements, even though they didn't necessarily inform the people. Well, this is Indian country and it totally dramatically changes the landscape of how we can go about these settlements now. How do you think we should proceed? Mm -hmm. And these are ways that you can go about dealing with your land um, on an individual claim by claim basis, or should we continue um, doing a settlement for the mass? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I don't know. I think uh, from specifically a longhouse perspective, um, if we had the the ability to organize and to help people um, fight pro se uh, on an individual claim by claim basis against taxes, property taxes, I think that would be one of the most um, instrumental and radical ways of, of reclaiming land. Mm -hmm. And just in case anybody, land. just to explain to people, pro se just means you represent yourself in court. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Okay. I know you know that. Don't no, I, like I that. don't know that. I don't know because I. What's funny about any of these procedures? Everyone's got a story. Everyone, yeah. like I've, I've talked to everybody. They all got a story, mm -hmm. and they're different stories. So I can see why people are confused, and it's like we're going to a battle. And we don't know which way our ass is pointing. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. I do notice since that ruling came out, this land claim talk just fucking heated up. Yep. Yeah, big time. Well, and like, number one, what's the rush? So. Number one was to rush. We've been waiting hundreds of years. What's a few more? That's exactly <laughs> what I was just about to say was when that ruling came out, it seemed to me there was this accelerationist thing from the council, you know, like that's what it seemed like. They were operating with this urgency all of a sudden to let's let's get this done. Let's get this done. And, you know, the thing's going on for 40 years and then you get we get a favorable ruling mm -hmm. from a judge and exactly what Marina said is what I wanted to do was, wait a minute, slow down, stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, just stop and let's recalibrate. Let's yeah. go back over this because, like, I, I know that, <coughs> you know, we, even here, we, you, we all may not agree on, you know, because we're, if we're, we end up getting into, you know, like Mohawk or whatever, you know, we all, you know, there was people from, all, you know, from Seven Nations, the Rabinakis, they were here on, you know, like, we're indigenous people here. All of our history needs to be incorporated. And that's why it needs to stop, because we're not getting all of that in there, mm -hmm. you know, to put together a, a really comprehensive, like, even the history that you're giving right now, how much of that appears in any of the tribes, you know, Little. Well, the, the yeah. tribe can't say there's no 1796 tree. That they based their entire existence <laughs> but that's, on it. That's what I'm saying. I don't know is, how they got to have that, but yeah. but and that's what I'm saying. It's it's dishonest coming from the start from yeah. them. You know, like you have to build it on the correct history. And if you have 
lawyers who aren't constantly telling you settle, 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 Cheryl, 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 Mm -hmm. you, you know, we may be able to come out with a different, you know, with a different result. Mm -hmm. That's, that's just the way that I look at it because I don't think, look, it's been 40 years. I was one year, I was, I was one year old when that, when this got started Mm -hmm. and you know, the referendum in 04, 05, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I was an idiot kid, you know, I, I didn't pay attention to this yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? And then I think about you were born in 98. <laughs> like what, what say have you really gotten in this? You know, I mean, honestly, yeah. and I see there are, you know, there's usually one or two, I actually say young people for people under 30. Um, but I see frustration when they speak because they're saying, I had nothing mm-hmm. to do with this. Nothing. I had no say at all. And now these things are happening that seem to be favorable for us or at least something we can build off of. And we're we're still not getting a chance to change this in any way. To voice this, yeah. And I think it comes down to where where we need to question and and hold leadership accountable to where they're deriving authority from. Mm-hmm. And when you're going to pull a 2004 referendum, which had... On the tribe side, uh, like a thousand, a hundred or so uh, participants. Mm-hmm. Um, was it that many? I didn't even think it was that many. On uh, the MCA side, it was five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> three hundred in favor, two hundred mm-hmm. against. And then you have also Mohawk Nation Council of Chiefs that are claiming that because they reached consensus in uh, two thousand five, two thousand four, which is a questionable claim, um, that they are able to apply that to you- present day. Do you have a problem with going into the MNCC situation at all? Uh, no, I have okay. no problem. <laughs> Can you explain, um, Marina said, you know, she just said that um, there are questions about the validity of the Mohawk Nation Council of Chiefs basically signing off on reaching a settlement. So it's it's an interesting story. So I'd like, you know, I want to give Marina a chance to explain what's going on. Yeah, so... A lot of it has to do with the fact um, that a lot of the reflection on MNCC's participation started um, whenever there was uh, this past summer uh, a statement published in Indian Times saying that they received um, the sanctioning and the authority of the Grand Council to participate in settlements. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of us went down to Grand Council and asked that very question. Mm -hmm. When, where is the MNCC um, authorized? Uh, by the Grand Council, sanctioned by the Confederacy to um, sign and participate in land claim settlement decisions. And it was stated in this discussion of the Grand Council that no one had recollection hmm. of um, ever giving MNCC participation or, or you know, authority to participate as hmm. a, a, a party in a settlement agreement. Um, now, fast forward, uh, you come to uh, 2002, we had a, a document surface where Joe Heath, uh, the uh, lawyer for Onondaga Legal Counsel, mm-hmm. um, signed uh, a statement saying that Mohawk Nation Council of Chiefs is fully supported to participate in land claim um, litigation uh, on behalf of the Confederacy and the Confederacy's interests are supported as long as Mohawk Nation is uh, a party in this. And... Um, 
there is no mention of the 1796 treaty which is interesting because when we had some certain discussions with joe heath he does not recall Hmm. it being he has he is no um recollection of it being the seven nations ever being mentioning Mm -hmm. being mentioned and he also um has never read that 1796 treaty because in his own words he says it does not apply to the six nations confederacy which is uh, very understandable yeah Yeah, considering Um, they all moved to canada (laughs) (laughs) the mohawks they left but what's i guess most concerning is that how can you attend a grand council and say that you received the grand council's authority when um it does not pass mohawk nation fire mm-hmm. or it doesn't pass your own um people you yeah. know, your own people and um i've talked to uh certain title holders especially from bear and wolf clan and and one from turtle clan that have said that they were never in support of land claim settlements mm-hmm. and um they are presently not in support of land claim settlements mm-hmm. and they very explicitly in 2014 at a general council um there there was a people's decision to remove themselves from the settlements as a party in the settlement but mm-hmm. that was not followed through by the council of chiefs okay i vaguely remember that yeah yeah see i wouldn't rem- i i've never gone to that long house. It's not being such a chicken. Hey, man, it's not being chicken. I was conditioned. Yeah. yeah. And that's another thing we to won't discuss. Hurt you. Is it's like... I, I spy on the other long house all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I do. You know what, though? I can't say anything because I don't go to my long house anymore either. I'm so. going to spy on all the long houses and talk about it on the radio. <laughs> cool. I'll go with you. But that's the other thing. It's it. like, how can we say, like, oh, one, like, this land claim settlement doesn't, uh, apply to like one longhouse even though one longhouse seems to be hosting or making the yeah. decisions and not you know um that's our age-old trick yeah you don't know which, <laughs> you don't know which indians you're talking to that's we that, just change and that's the thing is and that's what exactly what we've been talking about you know for a good portion of this is that you know identity of who we are and going by what they say you know what i mean it's part of it but it's confused us too yeah you know? like that's like when you and I were speaking the other day, it's all of this is a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're here today. Even the Catholic this, parts. Yeah, even the Catholic part, you know. Long as people are a minority here. Let's not forget that. Yep, still. Um, which is a seven nations influence, you know. Yeah. But I, I still like, I was reading the letter that um, came from the MNCC to the judge, Judge Khan, and um, mm-hmm. what's her I always forget her name. Fex or Dinks. Dinks. Um, Tax. I know. I can't. It's something. <laughs> it is. It's like it's. I, I can almost judge ever. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was reading that letter again, and that's one particular thing that I think is very important to this was in the letter. The the MNCC points out the procedures that we have under Guyana Lagoa mm-hmm. and how all of this, you know, the, the, the agreement to be signatories to the settlement, how it was fraudulent and how, you know, and it, it's not just the fact that he didn't have the ability, this person didn't have the ability to do that, but they give reasons. They say, they explain how it works that it goes to the clan families Mm -hmm. and then that has to you know so they lay that all out there and i like that because 
now we're really telling them, look, this is how the traditional people here handle things. And that person is supposedly traditional, but violated every every rule of how we're supposed to do things. So I really thought that was, I, I liked it that that went out there to the judges like that to say, look, this is, you know, this is who we are. These people, we have a tri-council and you recognize in do- court documents that this is the traditional arm of the tri-council. And here we go. We're proving to you that this was fraudulent. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and I think it's good that you guys and every, you know, the people who put all that together, it was a great way to highlight that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just, I, I really like that. I just, I don't know. Like, what do you like? Do you think that, like, how important do you think it is to show the the outside courts, the outside, you know, the government entities, all of that stuff, what we actually do if we're doing it by protocol? Like, how important is that? Yeah, I think it's tremendously important because they'll they'll take one signature and think it's fine. Uh-huh. It's they they say it's up to us to decide, and if it's us to uh, it's up to us to also hold leadership accountable or whoever's been authorized to sign accountable Mm -hmm. or not authorized to sign (laughs) accountable. And so even though that letter um, was stricken from the court off of like a legal technicality, I think that it, it goes to show that there is record um, from title holders within MNCC um, that they were against and are against uh, this land claim settlement agreement. And it's one letter in addition to, um, you know, Guyana Lagog on a Cessna's letter that they submitted. It's another one that Ganyange submitted back in 2005. It's uh-huh. another letter that was submitted by Ganyange, uh Longhouse. Yeah. And so. So, uh, okay. Um, so if the, we, we're showing, it's interesting. We're showing, like, are we showing our cards to like, oh, our traditional people don't have a, don't really have leadership all that much or any cohesion. So maybe they could just be, I like I, I suspect the state will just say, well, then you just don't matter, and just go along with what they want anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, does that give us a traditional people an out? And, and then the other part is what I goes through my head is, um, <clears throat> um, I was told at the the meeting I attended that this if this if the nation pulled out, then it goes to litigation anyway, mm-hmm. because it's already in the system for litigation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the tribal council is very sure that if it goes to litigation, even if we won out, we would win as a triangle. And then um, the question they wouldn't answer and just kind of deflected, I said, if New York, if it's such a slam dunk for New York State, why are they negotiating at all? Because if it's such a slam dunk, just take it to court. Mm-hmm. And save yourself $70 million. <laughs> right? They, just, they don't care about Indians. They'll... they'll <laughs> I mean, hell, they, the governor's husband. Naipa's paying the seven. Yeah, Naipa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the governor's taking. Uh, how did they take five hundred million dollars mm-hmm. from the Senecas? Yep. To build a stadium. Yep. <laughs> where her husband works. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> that was wild. She like straight out was like, 
Ooh, here's the Bills' new stadium. I was like, Hey, man, it's New York. They're cursed to fucking she's gangsters. She's got some fucking cojones on her. She's a fucking gangster. Yeah, that actually was a pretty gangster move, actually, <laughs> even though it was a fucking shitty move. But She's very uh, anti-native, yeah. like all of her stuff with the graves protection and yeah. just threw it out the window. Developers can go on here. Right. And oh, can you imagine? Don't matter if you run into what a What happens to Mohawk guy break her heart back in the day? <laughs> can you, like, have you ever met Harry Wallace? Um, no. Um, I took from you know like New York, the city, but that is really one of his focus areas is like Nagpra and stuff. Yeah. And uh, all I could imagine was him flipping a lid when she, you know, went off on the grief protection and everything. Like, oh, I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think like it almost sounds like. Like, I kind of agree with Josh. If it was such a slam dunk, why would they negotiate at all? Um, and then I wonder at this point, and I'm curious what you think is, you know, I want it to stop. I want, you know, it seems like you want it to stop. We want to be able to have a chance to kind of re-strategize, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, do you think it's too late to do that at this point? Because the judge has said if the settlement doesn't get done in a reasonable amount of time, then it's going to litigation. You know, it's fully going to be argued in court. Mm -hmm. And who knows how quickly he would actually, you know, put that on for trial. But do you think that we would have time to do that, Mm -hmm. to to re-prepare, I guess? I personally think that traditional government, like uh, Mohawk Nation, shouldn't be in mm-hmm. any court system at all. Mm-hmm. Like very, just point blank, they they should not be subjects of uh, like the U.S. federal court decisions. If if you know we claim to be under Guyanalik Goa, um, and so I, I separate very much Mohawk Nation from MCA and SRMT. Um, so whatever legal strategy they decide to take. They, they can take based off of the authority given by a referendum mm-hmm. of their constituents. Authority derived from Mohawk Nation is completely different. And so we can't ever say that they are able to be compatible politically within this tri-council, for example. Um, I think a withdrawal of, of the Mohawk Nation is the best way to um, ensure that there is no... Uh, infringement of or or potential uh, detrimental application of this settlement in the future for other uh, land claims um, or land assertion, land right mm-hmm. assertions, um, I should say. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if the judge will uh, will require a withdrawal with prejudice, which essentially means that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mohawk Nation, you've participated this long and now you're you're wanting to pull out at this short of a notice. Right. Yeah, that's, Will they say you can never file again in court? That's and that's why, a decision we have to make. Yeah, that's why I kind of, that's why I was going with that because I know like, you know, 40 years of this, judges don't, you know, believe it or not, they actually want to get cases off their docket. And, yeah. and, uh, and this particular Judge seems to really be interested in that now, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I understand. I do. I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. I don't think that traditional people should really be hanging any of our hopes on 
what I agree was a fraudulent, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there was 307 nations Indians when the first meeting convened. And then next spring it was four, Yeah, you know, like that, (laughs) that that's what happened. And so I agree on that part. I wonder the same thing is, is the judge going to say, you know, if you do this, I will dismiss this with prejudice and you will never be able to bring a claim again. Um, Now, if he did that, then I think, you know, we as traditional people would be in trouble, you know, to figure out how to do it. I just, you know, I just never fully trust that they're not going to try to, they're going to hammer us as hard as they can, you know what I mean? And I, I just, the reason why I asked the original question was because, you know, if we get that word that it's going to be a no-go for traditional people in the future, can we, you know, and I get what you're saying, like, we shouldn't involve ourselves at all with it, but is that the best, you know, if if he refuses, if he's going to dismiss it with prejudice, and he's saying we're going, then you're going to litigation, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to sign the settlement. We're going in. Um, do you think that we could build up an argument in court? You know what I mean? Quick enough to get all that across and to maybe be able to persuade a judge and jury. Hmm. I am so fearful of making another Cheryl. You know, I am uh-huh. so fearful of Yeah, that didn't work out, but did it? <laughs> no. That, that fucked all of us. Uh, that was fucking pretty sneaky of the state. It's almost like they have all the power or something. Yo, I can't, I still can't, but I'm sorry too, but I got to get this out. I cannot fucking believe that liberal progressive people hail RBG as some kind of goddamn hero. Like, yep. it, it infuriates me to no level. And I know she's just an old lady who passed away. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, like, she, like, she, man, she did a number on all of us. I don't know why we think a U.S. judge is ever going to vote in our favor, ever. Exactly. I don't know why we think that. I don't know why we think justice exists. Mm -hmm. I I don't know why we think it's anything (laughs) but. In court, at least. At all, in the world. (laughs) It's a manufactured thing. I mean, honestly, what we're seeing in the world right now is that the idea of might is right. Pretty much Is what's going, you know. Yeah, our, our 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 steel glove has a velvet. Uh, our steel yeah. fist has a velvet glove on it. Yeah, but uh, and the 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 application of the doctrine of discovery mm-hmm. is just oh, like the yeah. lowest blow. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's why it, that makes me laugh too. Is that when you know most people have no idea what the Marshall trilogy is, right? Mm-hmm. Most people have no clue, but <laughs> I, I get a kick out of when you hear. Americans say, this is a secular nation, you know, freedom of religion. Okay, then, you guys took all of our shit, put us on reservations, you know, all the horrible things that you did to us, you did that because you, your first chief justice of the Supreme Court, invoked the doctrine of discovery, which is coming directly from the church. Like, how do you, how can any of them sit there with a straight face and say that, you know what I mean, this is 
this country was founded in a you know in a secular manner, whatever. It's such horseshit. <laughs> They'll say anything to feel better. Exactly. It's psychology. American yeah, but American. Same way are all those long haul people who work and fucking are at the tribe make up a story of why it's okay. We're always gonna try to justify our own behavior when we know it goes against our stated values. And that's just that's humans do that. So if we give a shit about principle then we have to live that way in a yep. weird little house off in the middle of nowhere. But there's like a practice. So, for, for, so I'm on the fence because I, I take a practical consideration. Um, I have zero hope for four million acres ever mm-hmm. uh, until there's three or four or five million Mohawks, mm-hmm. and then laws don't matter. And that's that's the, I guess it's a long it's a seven generational view is that we're putting so much stock in courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this does pass, it gives us some breathing space where we don't have to fight against the state. And it would have been smart of our people to buy up this land instead of, I don't know, building in a swamp down Sny. But uh, it is what it is. So it still behooves our people to, like, buy up these lands anyway beforehand, individually, collectively, however. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, there's not a community. I did go to a meeting and someone from Ganyangi was shot down really hard by Beverly Cook. Yeah. Because she thought to bring up uh, Ganyange and their sovereignty, not knowing that it, they have their own trust and they made an agreement with the state mm-hmm. to exist. So, well, the uh, trust is an interesting yeah. thing. Um, I think Ganyange successfully asserted their land rights. Um, the The trust was created by the state to cover their ass. Mm-hmm. I think I I personally believe it that and. Um, the state wanted to negotiate a way that they didn't have to bring up deed or title because mm-hmm. they would have found out very quickly that they have no mm. deed or title mm-hmm. um, and they didn't want to start that can of worms. Right. Um, and then meanwhile, a lot of folks in Ganyange were quite frankly cold. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So I don't put anything that works works. Like I, I, I think we, we give too much validity to their rules mm-hmm. when we, we just do what we have to do to make it work. And if it works for now, it works for now. You tend to be a function over form kind of guy. I'm an anarchist. What can I say? Yeah, I know. Fucking chaos monster. Well, I think the most anarchist way would have been to to do exactly what you're saying with the six million Mohawks. Like, why don't we take the 500 an hour that we're paying these lawyers Mm -hmm. for this premature land claim? Plus expenses. Yeah, plus expenses. And overtime. And pay that to our women so that they can successfully... Um, proceed to raise their families, uh, learn the language, Mm -hmm. you know, go back to uh, rekindling Mm -hmm. a nation fire so Mm -hmm. that we can be strong again. And we're pouring all this money into into litigation just for them to turn around and say, doctrine of discovery applies because all you you guys died and there's not enough Mm -hmm. of you to claim ejectment. Mm -hmm. There's not enough of you to actually claim this land. There's not enough of you um, to actually assert authority over over this dominion. Mm -hmm. And so the most successful way of countering that is by having children and repopulating the space. And so... I mean, I do do listen to the Zionists as well. (laughs) They have... Hey, whatever the fuck they do, it works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we, you know what? Oh, I saw this. Um, there was a. I put. I actually, I wrote something on it for the paper. But there was a. There was a study. Well, it was really, just an analysis of data. But um, American Indian population is growing at an exponential rate 
compared to other yeah. racial demographics. Except for the Amish. And Well, yeah. Whatever. Hey, man, they got no. That's t- what happens when you don't have Netflix. You, know you just have chill. <laughs> <laughs> How long you been holding on that one? I came up with that just now. Oh, really? I was, I was like, oh, man, that's too good. That's too good. But there, I mean, yeah, I get it. It's, it's just, I think it's a good thing. But yeah, for us to get to where we're, until we're a block of potential voters yeah. that are, you know, the size of black people, Latino people. At least in a concentrated mean, area. Exactly. Right. Like concentrated, large, like truly large numbers mm-hmm. of, you know, potential voters. And I mean, yeah, we have, how many, I always forget, how many do we have live on territory? Like 9,000? I don't know. That number changes every fucking day. I know, but whatever. That is a, you know, that's a, for the North Country, that's a fairly, you know, sizable population, but that's not, you know, that's not necessarily enough to just make them take stock of you all the time. Especially when we don't vote in, like, uh, county or, you know, any elections, which, I mean, maybe that goes beyond the scope of this particular podcast, but... um, traditional people can be less reactive and more proactive and we just choose not to. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we're, I think we, sh- we cut off our noses to spite our own faces sometimes mm-hmm. and we can have much more, um, say, did we not do that? Mm-hmm. We could control our elective councils easily. We just we don't, could. we just don't cause we don't have the leadership that, or the vision. Mm-hmm. No, cause we, you know, it's, it's interesting too, is, uh, <clears throat> talking with, um, somebody the other day and you know they're catholic and they're they you know they're pretty supportive of seven nations but what they said to me was interesting and and they see the distinction like what marina was talking about they see the distinction between you know the catholic like or you know, the Catholic people, the tribal council people, the MCA people, um, they, and then he noticed, and he told me that it was interesting. He said, look, if the traditional people organized and started to make, you know what I mean? Do their own thing, do Mm -hmm. their own research, Mm -hmm. put their own things together and went and, and tackled it that way, then that would actually help all of us mm-hmm. to be able to kind of separate those different things. Like what I was talking about earlier, you know, the seven nations different, you know, whatever, all of that, it would be beneficial for all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think, I think you're right as well. We could, if we, if we just had people who would just step up, you know, a little bit, we could control, actually have a, a very serious influence on what the tribal council is doing because mm-hmm. we sure as hell do not right now you know we don't yeah and mm-hmm. one thing someone told me like looking at history they said just because the the people were became catholic doesn't mean they stopped being indians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we have many instances of fully catholic people pro-sovereignty pro yep. our lands walking mm-hmm. right up to baharn one saying no 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 no. this court doesn't control us that's yeah. this guy you know it really is yeah it's, so we, we, we shouldn't alienate those people. Yep. On the other hand, Catholicism teaches you to be a sheep. 
to be led by a shepherd. That's like just part of the religion. I don't know how much that plays a role, but I've seen the difference. Yeah. You can see the difference in the groups, the people willing just to do things and the other people who need permission. Do the Catholics, do they say like obey? Is that them? I don't know. Uh, I know the priest, the, the priest is your, I don't know, it's complicated, but your priest is your, is your leader right towards to god your conduit to god yeah and then worldly worldly things should matter to you anyway mm. so because this is just a launching station all about it's heaven a, it's all about heaven it's a death cult it's fucking weird <laughs> see i don't i don't hate on the i don't hate on the catholics or anything i get it you know they they find comfort in it and you know they fucking sheep <laughs> you know, he's always trying to get us in trouble. <laughs> like I'm There's the calm one. On the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what are we missing now? What's next? Mm. You got a big stack of papers there. Big stack, because I didn't know if uh, if you guys wanted to rifle through it before getting on the podcast. No way. Wait, no, that's preparation. <laughs> yeah. So so what's See that big pants? What's that big stack of papers about? So the big stack of papers is just uh, just. Uh, like compilation of information that we've come across because the biggest thing that I think has been, you know, preventing people from being involved. And uh, this is the big stack. Of that's, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> Hand it, uh, hold it up big, to the big camera. Stack, big, stack. <laughs> big stack of paper. And, and we created booklets um, <clears throat> with all of these, you know, status reports, draft settlements, MOUs, the frequently asked questions, all that, because, the a question that we're running into is this has been going on 40 years and no yeah. one said anything, which okay. is in itself questionable. But why now? What's wrong? What's happening? Mm. And, and um, I think it has to do everything with the politics of information access. Uh-huh. And um, the more people know and uh-huh. have the ability to physically put their hands on, the more empowered they feel to actually activate on that information Mm. and so that's why we've been um creating these booklets and and they're none of these documents are ours they're all that have been either circulated by you know mca or circulated by the tribe or put in the electronic filing system into the court um and so it's not about this is how it should be interpreted it's this is the material interpret it yourself Uh and maybe you want to hear what we all have to say as individuals and, yeah. and come to some sort of understanding as to what is the worst way forward and what is the best way mm-hmm. or what disagreements do we have? And so um, I lug around this stuff with me because people have questions and then I could just pull it out of my bag and be like, here, like this is the date, take it. <laughs> can people see this as a PDF somewhere? Uh, they can. Oh my, can. where can they do that? Uh, so they can do that at the people's uh, voice. I've heard of them. <laughs> It um, recently uh, started to uptake again because of this land claim, um, because of this land claim discussion and issues. We just wanted a forum to be able to put information onto, um, and and give people access to that material. And so uh, a PDF of the packet has been put on uh, the People's Voice. It's the People's Voice dot com. So I, the regular People's Voice. I was uh, wondering how you got that URL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put Someone some, was squatting on it. Just put some dashes in there. <laughs> Yo, I I had uh, I had aquasasnia.ca for a little while. Really? <laughs> was it no, I had I had, and I had uh, I, don't, I had a bunch of them. Nobody <laughs> tried to buy you out. No, I just let it go. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> Ain't worth the investment. 
Yeah, I should I should have came on to that. Um, do you do you ever feel like because uh, the information you know like the access to information what you just said and Josh and I have talked about this a little bit before. It always seems like it, it seems to me that there is gatekeeping of information by the councils. You know, that's the way it always seemed to me. Do you get the same impression? Because it's not like, you know, the tribe has their internal rule for accessing documents, whatever. Um, But I always get the, I I mean, I uncovered instances where they did that on purpose to kind of, you know, yeah, it's there, but we never let you know it was there. And so technically we're not breaking the rules. We didn't want you to see it. You just happened to get lucky and come upon, you know what I mean? So I wonder if you think that they do try to gatekeep information. Mm -hmm. Um, Full disclosure, I have never actually requested any information from the tribe. Um, I have requested information from MCA. Um, The first instance of that was, uh, I believe this past summer actually. And it was actually, a really incredible experience over mm-hmm. at the archive um, on the island, and um, that that went smoothly. And it, it seems to be uh, pretty straightforward, uh, depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it varies per person. Um, I also think it varies by department mm-hmm. um, or program. Um, as for the tribe. I think the same applies in that sometimes, depending on the program or department, they, they'll give you free reign and, and kind of hand it over. Others want a more formal process in requesting those documents. Others will give you reason to explicitly not give it to you. Mm-hmm. And I know it also varies on, on the person. And there's been a lot of um, talk about discrimination of individuals requesting information. Um, oh, I know some of those individuals. <laughs> I am one of those individuals. I probably so, am. Um, I personally have not faced that, but I, I do know that there is a lot well, of after this, you'll see. <laughs> Just wait till you end up on the internet. I know. I thought Gosh. Marina was going to like stab me in the heart. Like, no, you're a fucking idiot. I should have made you wear an anonymous you're mask. You're paranoid. Get out of here. No, no, no. I got a no. Guy Fox mask in the other room. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we are legion. <laughs> <laughs> me and I are both kind of like we do it, we, we tend to go off on that like they're hiding things from us And <laughs> well no I, I do want to speak to one thing about the um, uh, the meetings and I, I over the years for 25 years like I was at some of those meetings and it's just people just don't go yeah. and that's part of it is they, why don't we know about this I get it though people are busy and it's not a priority mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of our issue <laughs> We're not. We don't have to struggle enough, so we don't care as much until it's until we're reactive about it. Because now a decision has to be made, and it's it is that going to be is that always going to be, you know, the thing is where oh now we play catch up every single mm-hmm. time because we're always reactive and we're not proactive, and it's mm-hmm. it's a bigger conversation. It's it's a bigger conversation. I think that's why we made this podcast is so uh, people can hear these ideas and like do something about it. Yeah, I don't go to protest because I think it changes anything. I don't. I don't, I don't think the government cares about us at all. Like, we're just an impediment. But um, when you go to a protest, you talk to other people and you make community, and that's mm-hmm. where it's important. So I, I, I really don't, I don't think they give a shit about the. They just, those <laughs> politicians want to do what they want to do, and that's it. And they all, they're all narcissists and control freaks, and 
will use absolute violence, but they hide their violence in law. Yeah. They are violent criminals as well. Yeah. They just hide it in law. Mm-hmm. Law- yeah, they're, lawyers they're are the good. most destructive, violent people in the world. They just don't get their own hands dirty. They got a legion of cops to do that for them. Well, they can tell people how to break the law without getting their hands dirty. <laughs> so that was a tangent. <laughs> so you have this paperwork here. Uh, what are your words? <laughs> what are my words? Yeah, we're talking. We're we're talking a lot. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think that there's been almost like an exponential growth in people discussing and Mm -hmm. and people demanding information, demanding attention to the issue, demanding a referendum. And personally, you know, I don't participate in the referendums, um, but I think that the people that do have every active right to demand for one. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they should know the full scope and understanding of what would happen if it was voted yes? What happened? What would happen if it was voted no? And the ability to modify um, any of those clauses. Yeah. And uh, that's what actually is happening, I believe, uh, on MCA side, <laughs> quote unquote side, is that uh, the people, especially down in SNI, are putting in an appeals yeah. that, saying that the 2004 referendum is not applicable to the present day settlement. And then you have people that are. Uh, that are seven nations and claim to to be the the true seven nations group. Who also arbitrary called themselves that. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> not, <so. laughs> um, put in a, an appeal into the Bureau of Indian Affairs, okay. um, saying that the tribe actually has no authority to claim that they're seven nations. Man. <laughs> and so there's there's this almost like trifrontal movement to to halt in in whatever way yeah. the the land claim settlement, and that should speak for itself. And the right. leadership should very very explicitly like sit down with that and think well why is there so much opposition yeah. and and why don't we have the support of our people rather than thinking that they can apply that and and they know what's best and this almost paternalistic approach to mm-hmm. to decision making yeah now for practical reasons what would be an acceptable settlement like what do you think like i i think they're way too easily giving up their islands mm-hmm. oh i have another adhd question <laughs> so someone who is a former judge from the Canadian side said that the tribe needs Mohawk Council and Mohawk Nation to be involved because they lost the land claim case. I don't know, like in the sixties, they had tried a small one and it had failed. And because of that, they can't bring anymore. And I haven't heard that. That was though. I kind of remember hearing about that before, but I didn't hear anything about that in those meetings. Mm-hmm. They might've done it in a brief history, but they kind of glossed over that. So yeah. is that anything you've come across? I think it's, well, I MCA originally filed. They yeah. were the first one that filed That's this. Right. And then um, in 89, it was encouraged that the tribe and Mohawk Nation join in. The tribe specifically because the MCA did not have jurisdictional authority over claims in the American side. Mm-hmm. So then Mohawk Nation, from my understanding, uh, was convinced to also join because it would, um, it allows for this kind of... Uh, covering of all bases mm-hmm. um which also in turn is really bad when you cover all bases on a bad decision <laughs> um and so uh that's how i now there's other things that are that are at play here like um when you're able to make a claim collectively on the mohawks you want to be able to have the judges know that this 
place has multiple governments. Mm-hmm. It has uh, multiple social and economic systems. Yeah. And so the most thorough approach to go through with a settlement and probably as requested by the federal government and New York State is to have all political bar- parties that we mm-hmm. know of enter into this. Right. And um, it's also encouraged by those parties to enter in because it's like, well, now you have a settlement that states that you have authority mm-hmm. in one way or another, even though that authority could be really, yet again, a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why they entered that. Um, to go back to, to Barnhart um, and the rest of the islands, I wholeheartedly agree mm-hmm. that like 70 million yeah to cover sell, those islands yeah to sell barnhart it's a rent to own agreement yeah. for barnhart yeah and it's it's so crazy to think about how much nipa yeah. actually makes from that power dam right. and how now we're witnessing the transition into um clean energy yeah. in new york state they're they're uh getting off of fossil fuels and so now people are coming Maybe in like more. in the masses oh they're they want to build North one just Country. up the road yeah they want to build a 2.5 megawatt the solar, solar facility yeah solar farm yeah. Uh, some of them on the land claim <laughs> the yep. solar farm they also have um a half a billion dollar hydrogen fuel facility that's good yeah, being built um we yep. also uh recently found out that racer trust the old uh, general motors facility uh-huh. right next door to racket yeah, yeah, point yeah. is being sold to uh one of the largest data centers in the world where all the pcbs are mm. you kind of think for all the cancer <laughs> that gave us we should just get to have it yeah and and that's what also the settlement would do it's not just about land it's about um damages claim uh-huh. and so this clears nipa slate for for damages mm-hmm. the the group that essentially subsidized all the electricity to the environmental and and toxic genocide mm-hmm. that our people witnessed and that's just going to be off the table that's that's a done deal right it's going to be a done deal hmm. or a pittance yeah it's not a lot of money it's not not i mean what's what is the re- what like what kind of revenue does nipa generate a year you know, I mean, it's ridiculous that we would take a little crumb. You know, like I said, I don't I don't agree with the settlement, but I do also recognize, you know, there's a time to be pragmatic as well. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think there would be a point where there could be a settlement that would be acceptable, but it would, it's not this. It's not even close to this. This is just absurd. It really is. So why are this again? I, I why do you think though the people in the tribal council now who aren't like they're not not aware of all this stuff? Like they went to the sea meetings. Two of them are longhouse people or were. Mm. So um, why are they so hard up on it? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> Read their minds for me. I I I wish I could. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with the length of the, the how long people have been a part of this and how long they believe from their standpoint they've been fighting for this. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has a, a huge role in in wanting to finish this before the end of the term. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Because some psychopath might get elected next time <laughs> that just wants to break things. Yeah. <laughs> or or this guy <laughs> <laughs> oh if trust me if i had one 
everything would have been fucked up. Like, I would have stopped. <laughs> I would have done everything I could to stop and then bring it back to, like, the stuff that we're talking about to try to recalibrate what we're doing. Like, it would have been a major problem for them. I would have told everybody every fucking thing. Like, I would have. Yeah. Well, that's why they didn't want me in there, too. Yeah. You would have said that this uh, NIPA agreement's bogus because it only lets us pick like a part of the plant. Yeah. I didn't mention that yet. So okay. part of one of the MOUs is is um, New York Power Authority and New York State are agreeing that we can go to Barnhart Island yeah. and we can we can harvest stuff. Nice. But we can't harvest the whole plant. Okay. We what? Can't, we can't take the roots. We can't take um, too much of it without the, the consent of New York Power Authority. We can only collect the leaves and the fruit. What plant? It doesn't matter. Any? Any plant. We can't take the roots of the plant. What are they hiding? Was it full of ginseng or something? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that sweet grass isn't sweet grass. That's where they buried all the bodies. It's like you pull it and it's like yeah. fiber optic cables. Yeah, right? <laughs> Skeletons. Copper in there. Shit's worth a fortune. Yeah. yeah why they, they keep touting the SUNY agreement. It's like, well, they already have the Haudenosaunee promise. It's not that big yeah, of a Yeah, it's Syracuse. They, and that's that generation. That generation's new religion is, is university. Mm-hmm. And that's how they set their bar to be as good as white people. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm pro education, but I'm also pro knowing, you know, that not everybody is suited for the academic world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't have to make our kids feel bad because they're not good students and know that they can do something else that's going to make them happy and that they could have a good life. Had a good but that is like, you know what I mean? It's that's what's pushed and and it doesn't it doesn't help the kids. I mean, I've been watching my son go through this stuff since he started school. He's a mm-hmm. senior this year. You know, so I see it with the other kids too. And it doesn't have to be the be all end all. I don't know that it's always trying to be like white people. I, I do think that's part that's in the back of their minds. I think, think there are some people, I think some of our people who do that. Yeah, they won't say it. They might even not realize it. But I mean, there's a good degree of those, a good portion of those degrees that are completely useless mm-hmm. and not worth the money they cost. So, yeah. I'm talking to you, philosophy majors. <laughs> <laughs> I think Marina's. <laughs> information something yeah, like computer and information a, that's science. much more useful engineering, <laughs> engineering is worth that doing something yeah. that's engineering medicine no, useful i i think humanities is useful but to <laughs> a, a hobby degree so we have so we have podcasts for now <laughs> the only reason i did business was because it's just a general degree you can yeah look i have a bachelor's degree in business management yeah okay you can work in human resources you can work here yeah. Yeah. I Whatever. think the biggest thing is that we have so many students that go to university and I'm not saying that they have any obligation to come back, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. But you learn these tricks of the trade, you learn uh-huh. these tools, you learn to interpret certain things and and you create this mind that is able to to survive their system. Mm-hmm. But then we don't, we're having a brain drain, yeah. right? And so I, I don't know if the, you know, this whole SUNY partnership would, would actually aid in that at all. Um, I think, you know, free education is, is always a good thing. Um, but is it <laughs> worth 
the, the sacrificing of, right. of art land. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. that goes back to the 70 million. Is the 70 million worth yeah. <laughs> implicating all Mohawk people forever to the settlement? I mean, 70 million <laughs> wasn't a lot. I, I, I did mention that at that meeting. I said, well, could you all agree right here to just <laughs> say, well, we use this, put it into some kind of interest bearing account and use it to for lands. Yeah. Like to fix our housing problem. Yeah. And can, could we agree that that's a priority, not splash pads? Mm. <laughs> and it's like, we, we saw that with the OPG settlement, right? Yeah. The, the, um, the Ontario power generation settlement, um, for the hydropower dam that mm-hmm. was built on the Ontario side that created the, the trust, the, yeah. the settlement trust, um, fund and people apply to it. Usually it's MCA applying to yeah. it. <laughs> and, but we, we think that these trust systems would be able to successfully establish a whole lot of stuff just based on the interest. And it could, uh-huh. but not when it's um, being cherry-picked yeah. for only specific mm-hmm. things. Right. Um, and so, I, I don't know. We, we have a housing crisis. We have you know, drug alcohol crisis. We have a lot I of crisis. crisis. <laughs> we do, though. I, I hate it's the word a, crisis because is it's... Is it inflammatory for you? No, it just it's a fear-based it is fear-based it's fear-based and it's like it lacks um it makes everything like now 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 and and that makes people make bad decisions like we're better off now than we've ever been ever mm-hmm. well what would you call a long-term crisis a lot, our health mental health and education um housing housing mm-hmm. is something imperative mm-hmm. i think we go about it in a completely wrong way it's a whole other podcast <laughs> I, think, I think for a bunch of steel workers we sure do have a lot of small buildings so uh, I, I think there's optimal ways to use land, and we don't do it, mm-hmm. and we and we take a very short term look. Just apply to the trust and get all the Amish to turn out tiny know, homes or I, something. I know, right. like no, no, I'm thinking big, big, big buildings. He's been always he's been a proponent for building up. Yeah, yeah, it's more it's a more sustainable use of land. Mm-hmm. And, it is, and larger buildings are actually more energy efficient. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this. I always thought that you know, smaller the building, the more efficient. No, yeah. no, no. The bigger it is, the more efficient because it has mm-hmm. less. Uh, exterior wall to interior space. Mm. I didn't. I never thought about any of that until he taught me. I never thought about it until I was buddies with an engineer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who builds I passive homes. I just repeat what other people Did say. Did the IGA building spur this? Oh no, that was just that's just dumb. <laughs> that's just dumb. That's that's just and dumb. Entirely stupid. I mean, I probably thirty million should just built another building. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something a little less. It looks like black cube. It, oh my god I, I was like we should make it a black cube and call it the <laughs> ministry of information is it done yet not yet oh no no, no. it's got a ways to go <clears throat> so we're going on an hour and a half i know you Ooh. gotta i know you gotta be somewhere i do so what were some parting words for this parting words I mean, we can do more this is like this is our podcast we can do whatever fuck we want with it no yep. i think this is uh i don't know it's exciting exciting times Exciting because I see a lot of young people wanting to to learn and then participate and demand Fine, that these fuckers. like uh, that our own protocols, at least within uh, like the longhouse, mm-hmm. are being adhered to, breathed back to life, mm-hmm. and and want to see um, uh, a transition of a more equitable distri- distribution of power. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think that's so exciting to yeah. witness, and I'm really happy to witness that. And I think that. Anyone, um, anyone should participate in these discussions. And just because the, the documents are made intimidating for a reason, yeah. they don't want people to read them. Mm-hmm. And um, the more that we sit 
and fumble around with them, the mm-hmm. the the better I think our decisions will become because there's more minds on it. And I know that's super corny, but it's fucking kumbaya. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a reason why cliches are cliches. <laughs> cliches. I, I do like that. I, I want to see more young people in this because I, I've heard that. Ever to go to university, I don't know either. They work for human resources and don't do fuck all, or you never see them again. So mm. what's the use? I, I'd like to see more. It seems like there's a gap. There's a gap in like activism and mm-hmm. I, I know people there are, I know people do work in specific spaces like food sovereignty and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's less so on the like the traditional I don't know, leadership front, I mm-hmm. guess. And less silos too. It's like people that are working and doing incredible stuff in food sovereignty should be participating in mm-hmm. in these land claim discussions. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that work with the land right, right. And, and understand the land. And yep. it's just crazy to me that that we um, think that we can be apolitical mm-hmm. when, and we like to say that, well, I don't like politics. It's like politics loves us. Mm-hmm. Politics loves our land. Politics loves our decisions. Politics loves our history. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the less scary and more approachable we make politics, um, the better, but we also have to not be afraid of saying shit yeah. and talking shit maybe sometimes and in, in the best way. That's why right. This place <laughs> is perfect for that. Yeah, we. I mean, I had to. Uh, I had a friend tell me once. I was listening to one of my political podcasts, and uh, he said, "You really love politics." <laughs> and he was like, "It's it's boring." And I said, "No." I said, "Politics is everything. Mm. You may not see it, like it may not be apparent to you, but it is. Yeah. Everything is politics, and." He still looked at me like I was fucking some kind of nerd, but it's true, you know? It is. All of it is political. But yeah. It's good to see young people. Yeah, whatever, man. That's why I'm going to wander off to the desert and be an ascetic. <laughs> <laughs> Find me on the mountain, motherfuckers. <laughs> in 20 years, we'll see land claim brought in the middle of the town. Yeah, right. They'll kick me off. <laughs> they sold this this mountain for development. <laughs> They signed a treaty. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna cut all the woods down and name it Maple Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> all right, this is Sage Against the Machine. Where can we find you, Marina? Uh, I guess on Facebook. Facebook. Oh. <laughs> the People's Voice. The People's Voice on Facebook on the Instagram. Instagram, yeah, Marinara HQ. Oh, you gotta get a professional one now. <laughs> gotta put an HQ at the end. There you go. Right. <laughs> Hey, the revolution begins here. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the white people watch this thing. <laughs> you know what? I was just about to say. Do you white people watch this? They must. Uh, yes, actually. I'm, my, I'm sure intelligence agencies do. <laughs> one of my sisters is white because my dad is, you know, I'm half. And my sister, who is entirely white, loves this show Hmm. she even tells me like when there's a new episode to let her know and she's she's had her friends listen to it i think and uh, (laughs) they like it so that's a pretty good thing yeah i was gonna say something like i was gonna say it loud i'm black and i'm proud and then i thought maybe i'll get in trouble for doing that (laughs) i mean i got some shoe polish the other room i won't do that (laughs) come on i won't do that come on you can be anything you want no you could be a black woman if you want (laughs) it's cool it's a whole new world there's no rules Oh, God. 
<laughs> We're Department of Defense is listening. We better behave. Hey, well, Department of Defense. listening to us for NSA. a while. Department of Defense ceases. Knife is listening. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe to our channel. <laughs> We're working on 1,000. We want to monetize this. So if, you're, if, you're, if your job at the St. Regis Monk Tribe is to listen to what these assholes are saying, like and subscribe, man. You you're, can comment. <laughs> I had an idea. I was going to... Why don't we... We should go to Ottawa and find the Qatarian embassy uh-huh. and ask them to fund us. And that would definitely get us on the NSA's watch list. Yeah. yeah. That would be great. Yeah. And Qatar, if you're listening, send Bitcoin now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, that's <laughs> a Qatar, nation. Qatar, Saudi, UAE. Well, I'm good so, with- so, so one time uh, Qaddafi sent money to, the, to, to your longhouse. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Shout out Gaddafi. Oh, right. oh, no, I mean, that'll definitely get not us. Not anymore. <laughs> that was, yeah. He, he it didn't work out well. He was, he was bad. He was, he was horrible. Bad. Yeah, he was really bad. Yeah. But the all the all woman brigade was pretty fucking cool. They were some badass chicks. <laughs> all right, man. We're saying she the machine. Find us on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Look up Aboriginal Outlaws on the Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, make sure you check out Women's Dance. Uh, hey, you should be a good guest on that. And then, mm-hmm. uh, not you, Isaac. <laughs> hey, I got boobs. <laughs> You'd have to identify as a black woman first. No. And if you have anything to comment or say, uh, or anything we should know about, make sure you can hit us up. Uh, just comment right in the YouTube, or uh, you can email aboriginalis at gmail.com. Or yell at us on the street. I mean, they're that. This guy will be at tribal meetings. I won't run Saturday. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Heckle him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. I'll give away.